Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. The whole theme of this week of prayer is awakening, and we're going to pray for a Holy Spirit awakening in our personal life, in our families, amen, and in our nation. And so we want you to know that every day you're going to go on social media, you're going to have the prayer point of the day for Sunday, it's consistency. So today it's about consistency. How many of y'all need a little help with consistency? Come on, some of you made some New Year's resolutions and you need a little consistency, right? So I want you to stand to your feet. We're gonna do that. Can you put that prayer slide up there for me, please, Giselle? And we're gonna pray into consistency because whatever you have dedicated to the Lord for the next 21 days, in this moment, I want you to just come before the Lord and say, God, we consecrate these next 21 days of prayer and fasting. We want more more of your power, more of your presence, more of your purpose manifesting in our lives. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to take us deeper. And we confess that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so therefore, we need consistency. Consistency in being disciplined and spending time with you. Consistency in making sure we read scripture. Consistency in spending time in prayer. Consistency to fast for 21 days. But not just for 21 days, we need lifelong consistency. God, we ask, Holy Spirit, as we set apart the next 21 days, the beginning of 2024, that you would refocus us, that you would re-energize us, that you would refill us, that you would give us strategies, that breakthrough would come, that there are areas the Holy Spirit is saying to you today, there are areas that you have struggled in, and the Lord says, if you will press in in the next 21 days, you will begin to see breakthrough. Daniel set his face for 21 days to seek God on behalf of Israel, and no answer came, but on the 21st day, the angel said, God released the answer 21 days ago, but I had a war in the heavenlies. Why do we fast for 21 days? That's part of the reason. And so today we commit ourselves, God, to wait for breakthrough, to believe for miracles, to stand with expectant faith for more, because what we have experienced up to this point, we are grateful for. We're thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful for your goodness, your patience, your kindness, your amazing, unconditional love. We're thankful for all you've done for us. Take a moment, lift your hands. Come on, begin to thank him for what he's done for you. Verbalize it out loud. I want to hear you in this place. Begin to express how he's protected you, provided for you, promoted you, stood by you, uplifted you, never left you or failed you. God, we're so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done. We are still here today because of your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, for mercies that are new every morning. Thank you, God, because of your unfailing love. We are not consumed. We have hope. And we thank you, God. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you, God. We thank you that you are infinite and there is more. We thank you that you offer us more. We thank you that you abide us to come and find rest and peace and strength and comfort in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the invitation to live in you. We thank you, Jesus. And now that you begin to thank him, now begin to set your faith and say, God, I am expectant for more. Begin to ask him in 2024, God, I want more of you. 
I need more of your power manifested in my life. I want more of your presence. I want to know you more. God, we want more. We ask for more in this place. Come on, begin to ask him those areas of breakthrough you need. Lay it before him. God, as we fast and seek your face, we're believing for more. You're the God of more. You're infinite. You never run out. You never run out. You never dry up. You are streams of living water. You never run out. You never grow weary or tired. You do not, Lord. You are God from everlasting to everlasting. And we thank you, Lord. We believe. Help us in our unbelief. Now begin to ask the Lord for consistency. God, we need some consistency. You know the area you need it in. Ask him for it. Ask him for that area you need consistency in. Maybe it's an area of health, of finances, of relationship, of your spiritual discipline. Ask him. God, birth, birth in me, develop in me consistency in this area. We need your help, Holy Spirit, because we can't do it on our own. The flesh is weak. Oh, but the Holy Spirit is strong in us. The Holy Spirit is strong in us. And Lord, I pray right now. Come on, put your hands on your belly. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would release dunamis power, that you would strengthen each person here with Holy Spirit power. Give us strength to endure. Give us strength to persevere with great patience and joy. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Strengthen your people this morning. Strengthen them, Lord God, in their areas of fatigue, of weariness, of tired. Strengthen them in the area where they've struggled to believe, God. Strengthen them when they've been waiting for year after year after year after year. Strengthen your people today. We thank you, Jesus. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit today. We long for more of you, God. We don't want a program. We long for your presence. Do what you want to do us. Do what you want to do in us, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We invite you as we get into the word. Holy Spirit, open up our understanding. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated today. It's going to be an unusual Sunday because we're not done praying. Hallelujah. And you have to forgive me. My nose decided to start running this morning. Hallelujah. Go for more in 2024. As I was seeking the Lord about this, he dropped it in my spirit. It's funny because Pastor Jaron would always love to rhyme the year with the theme, and I always kind of thought it was corny, and here I am. <laughs> Can't help it, Pastor. I'm your kid. 2024, we're going for more in 2024. It's an invitation to experience more of God. And here's the three areas I felt Holy Spirit wanted to invite us into. Into more of his presence, his power, his purpose. Come on, say that with me. More of his presence, his power, his purpose. And we're going to go to Psalms 24. Psalms, yes, Psalms 24 for 2024. That's something else I always thought was corny. And here I am. Holy Spirit told me, Psalms 24, Don. All right, Psalms 24. Remember, I'm encouraging you to bring your Bible on Sundays. Right? I want you to learn how to get the Word of God in your hands. Get it into a tactile kind of experience, not just what's on the screen, even though that's fine. And if you have enough discipline to use your phone and only be in the Bible app, go for it. If you can't, read the screen. Here we go. Psalms 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. 
For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient games. Open up you ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. This psalm sums it up. More of his power, his presence, his purpose. And I want to start with his presence. It asks a very poignant question in verse 3. Who can climb the mountain, the hill of the Lord? Who can ascend into the holy place? This is an invitation to enter God's presence. Anytime scripture uses the word mountain of Lord or hill of the Lord, it is symbolic of being invited into the very presence of God. You and I, through the blood of Jesus Christ, can come before God with boldness and approach the throne of grace with confidence, finding the help and needs that we need at the time. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, but we have been given an opportunity to enter the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I never want to grow weary of being in awe and wonder that we get to come before the presence of God. May we never take for granted that we get to come into the presence of God. May you never take it for granted that God calls you by name. Never take it for granted that you can praise him anywhere. That you can talk to him in the bathroom. Maybe nobody else wants to talk to you in there, but he will. You don't have to drive the commute alone. He's there. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil. He's with you. In the lion's den, he's with you. Shackled in the prison, he's with you. He's with you. Never, ever take for granted that we can enter the presence of God. And there is requirements. Look what it says in verse 4. Who can enter into the presence of God if you have clean hands and a pure heart? Whose hands and hearts are pure? Through the blood of Jesus, you and I are made right with God. We're clean, and we must continue to grow in our level of holiness and purity. It's not just enough to say, well, I'm saved so I can live the way I want. That's not real salvation. Faith without works is dead. Faith is shown by our works. What is the works? Not trying to earn anything with God because you can't. Jesus paid the price. But my works show my love for God, my devotion for God, that I continue to pursue him with all my heart, living in a way day by day that more looks like Jesus. Not sinning as often. In fact, we talked about it earlier. Well, I can't say earlier. It's January. Last year. About how you and I have actually been set free from sin. We don't have to sin. That's the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we should have that expectation. That I don't sin anymore because I'm in Christ Jesus. I don't persist in sin because I'm in Christ Jesus. 
There's an expectation that we have more of the presence of God. But here's what happens. When you enter the presence of God, he changes you. Amen. You don't have to strive to not sin. The presence of God will transform you so that you don't want to sin. See, that's the beauty about God. It's not about religion and trying to obtain anything. The more my relationship with God grows, the more my knowledge of God grows, the more my experience of his presence grows, the more I become like him as a byproduct. I read an interesting uh, statistics. People who read their Bibles at least three to four times a week are way much more likely to not sin, not watch porn, not... Um, live in fornication, they're less likely to do all of these other things, and they're more likely to feel better about themselves, to have a sense of being and, and wholeness and goodness. There is something to being disciplined about reading the Word of God that actually benefits your life and makes it so that you don't want to sin. That's why I'm telling you, bring your Bible. That's why I'm telling you, read the Bible. That's why we're in the Bible Engagement Project. You want to know why it's important? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke and his word created. And Hebrews 1.3 says that he still sustains everything by the power of his word. If the word of God creates and the word of God sustains and Jesus is the word of God, then how much more do you and I need the word of God? How do you have clean hearts and clean hands? You read the word of God because it's a mirror. It will tell you, hey, this is an area you're struggling in. Partner with me. Cooperate with my spirit. Get free. Get healing. Get wholeness. Get hope. You don't have to live like that. There's freedom in Christ. You must know the power of God through the word. It says in verse 4 again, look at it in your Bible. You have to have clean hands, a clean heart. That means that no unforgiveness. Got to keep my heart clean. No bitterness. I got to have the right attitude. Right? I got to keep... My heart free of bitterness, of offense, of hurt, of anger. I got to keep my heart clean about judgment and criticism. So when somebody wounds me, I have a responsibility to go to the presence of God and get my heart clean. That's a good word. Here's the other thing it says. Who do not worship idols. Wholehearted devotion to God. No other lovers. You want to know what you really love? Where does your money go? Where does your time go? You want to know what you really love? Look at where you're investing yourself in. If you really love God, you'll invest yourself in your relationship with him. If you really love sports, you'll spend a lot of time investing in sports. If you really love money, you'll spend a lot of time working. You have to understand that our time, our talents, our treasures, they point to where we really value what we love the most. And if this is convicting you, good, because God wants to bring you into more of him. You have to have clean hands, a pure heart, wholehearted devotion to God. And then what it says, never tell lies. This is him saying, I want you to be authentic and honest in your walk with me. Be authentic and honest in your walk with me in front of other people. It's not about being perfect. I am not perfect. However, I must live my life in a real authentic way before people in the presence of God. And then look what it says in verse 5. Verse 6. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. In order to have more of God's presence, we need to seek him more. That means more time. There's no other way around it. More time. More time. Not just for 21 days, but let 21 days start a new habit for the rest of this year. 
You know what they say, 21 days to break a habit, 21 days to start a new habit. What if for 21 days we scroll less on social media and we read scripture more? What if for 21 days we actually intentionally put time to seek God? Then that, when those 21 days are over, you know what happens? You actually want to spend time with God. You miss it when you can't for whatever reason. You got to seek him. You got to worship him. We're going to have a soak night to end the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to be doing soak nights regularly. Why? Because we need to soak and linger and be in the presence of God. And we need to wait on him. We need to let him be him and let him be God and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So we're going to soak together at the end of 21 days. And I want you to make it a priority to be here that day. To come and to seek him. His power, the first couple of verses outline his power. He owns everything, the earth and all the people. God's in control of everything. That's what those scriptures mean. There is no one more powerful than God. Your boss is not more powerful than God. If God wants you to keep that job, your boss can't do nothing about it. You got to get a revelation. God is all-powerful, and when you live in surrender to him, guess what? He's in charge of everything. He's in charge of your job. He's in charge of your possessions. He's in charge of everything that you have. And you know what? If you'll honor him with it, he'll take better care of you than you could ever take care of yourself. And I appreciate that testimony of Sister Sonny. 24 years of God's faithfulness. And that brings me to my next thing. You know what I want to see more of in this church? More presence? I want to see more testimonies. You know, when you get an opportunity to open the service, I want to hear some testimonies. Because in this church, it's not just the pastor and the worship leader. All y'all get an opportunity to get up and share and testify about the goodness of God. To read a scripture. In this church, you participate. In this church, you don't just watch. I want more testimony. So with that, I'm going to invite Mina and John Gapuz, and they're going to share a testimony about the power of God that they witnessed. Come on up. Come on, give them another. Church. Uh, I don't I know how to say this, but uh, let me just remember what you know the message last last Sunday um, from Pastor Jared uh, from Psalms uh, 65 verse 11. Uh, God will crown this year with abundance, bounty, harvest, joy. You know, sounds good, right? <laughs> so we're so excited. We're excited about that um, this year. But sadly, um, something different, opposite that happened to our family this week. Actually, three days after New Year, January 3rd, uh, we were actually um, uh, going on a vacation, final vacation, last-minute trip uh, to Utah. And then... Um, we found this uh, beautiful cabin right in Utah. 
we're so excited. So I was like, God, this is so exciting. This is your promise, a bountiful year, and this is our first, you know, family time together. I was so excited. And then we, we packed our bags and, you know, ready to go, right? And then, sadly, some things didn't go well, you know, along the way. Um, we, we started driving, you know, late Thursday, was it Thursday? January 3rd. And then, we're so excited, but I don't know, I mean, uh, I think we weren't prepared for this trip because we, we forced it, you know. I felt like I was sleepy. I mean, coming from Las Vegas, I was like driving and I felt like, I mean, before midnight, I was like, oh, I think I'm not going to make this trip. So after uh, stopping at the gas station before midnight, I asked Mina to like help me out to drive this car. But I trusted her because, you know, he's been my co-pilot for many road trips. And uh, I trusted her, you know, so she could make it because uh, the weather was fine and, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. So I let her drive. I went, you know, um, passing the seat and then took enough for like 30 minutes. I let her drive. Then she said she was fine. She was fully awake because she was just watching videos. So I said... Might as well drive, you know. I need to take a nap for 30 minutes and then I'll probably switch later on. But like after an hour, um, I didn't know down the road that, you know, the weather changed. It began snowing, the road was slippery. So she told me she was like tapping in the brakes and it, it won't grip the, you know, the road, the tires won't grip. Ripping. So she started swerving to the left. Right? So she, she panicked. She tried to steer the wheel to the opposite side. <laughs> I was wide awake. I was aware of my speed. Uh, I'm not speeding, but there are like the snow is like, you know, is getting stronger. The, the road is still clear but it's a fresh snow and I was driving all the way to the left side and then there's the divider and all of a sudden the car lose control and it just slide and, and sliding to the point that what's going on and I just see the divider is going to hit our car so I'm so scared that we go over the other side and hit the, the opposite traffic so I, I steered the wheel and hit the divider and span my, our, our, our car and then span again. And the next spinning, I am so aware and I remember, God, is this is our time. I didn't question why, don't, please, no. I didn't do that. I just asked him, God, is this is our time. I just completely surrender. If you're ready to take us, everybody. And then all of a sudden there's a lifting. Hallelujah. 
that we felt that John was like, it's like a slow motion turning our car, speeding, and landed on the shoulder and just stopped right there, just two feet before the cliff, like a 10 feet, you know, 10 foot, like 10 feet, and avoided to roll over down the cliff. And it just stopped there. And God just said, and I, I, I was looking at our car and just said, press park. And I just like, the, the move, it's moving. And I just press park and it's all of a sudden it stopped. And I was just like, I guess this, God said, no, it's not your time. And it's just like the pastor, when he was saying like, walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Because that valley is carpeted with grains. We didn't expect that that words was already premeditated for us to receive it. Because something is going to happen. And I remember when pastor was preaching that time. If you see my notes, pastor, everything that you said, it's written on that notebook of mine. And I meditated, and on the eve of Christmas, of New Year, I went to Eddie's house, and I was just, Eddie, uh, watch the service, because you won't believe that what pastor said. And I just quoted the value of death, that particular thing. But you know what? We don't need to worry, because it's carpeted with grains. Can you imagine that? And all of a sudden, three days after, you face the valley of that. But it is not, because it's, there's grace after that. Yeah, you can play that video. Uh, so we were safely, uh, you know, ended up, because of my wife's bravery, able to maneuver the car in safety. And uh, she was crying a lot. Crying, crying for an hour. And then my kids were there, supported her. My kids were singing, praising songs. Colleen played worship music from her phone. They were praying, comforting their mom. Mom, everything's okay, everything's okay. It's just the car, you know. We were alive, God saved us. So. I just thank the Lord that a couple of people helped us. The sheriff was there. Uh, within 30 minutes, she, he assisted us, uh, you know, help us uh, get the tow truck as well. And, and, and the cold night, in the cold morning night, I mean, we could have, could have been worse, you know? It could have been worse. It could have been, like, like, like in that situation, I would say. I mean, we wouldn't be standing here if, if those people weren't there to help us. I would say, and then, um, well, we were so panicked, we didn't know what to do, God, we asked God for wisdom what to do, because my wife said, we're going to go home right now, I said, yes, of course, we're not going back, we're not going, you know, to that beautiful cabin anymore, no more, we're going on straight, but I don't know how, how can we go home, I mean, the car is wrecked, I mean, the, the front tire is blown out, so, you know, what do we do? Right, so so these people uh, share, you know, help us to, you know, I mean, God put these people for us to to do. I mean, what to do next? And they towed the car, 
we towed the car uh, like to the next town, like 16 miles away. I had to call AAA, and, and they said five miles is only, you know, allowed. But okay, uh, we paid the difference. We went to a, a, a city called Cedar City, uh, like 16 miles away, and thankfully God uh, provided, a, you know, an available available room for a motel, a Cedar Lodge motel, and that's where we um, we stayed for like two days. Uh, planning what to do, and then instead of that beautiful cabin, <laughs> we had ended up in this motel in Silver City. And thank God, God gave us wisdom what to do next. You know, people help us to tow this. I mean, tow our, tow our truck back to California. We 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 were able to you know connect with people. Because I know it's very expensive to, to tow your car all the way to California. They charge like maybe seven, ten dollars per mile, and it's like we are 430 miles away from home, and that would cost like four thousand dollars. So I said, "Wow, what do we do? Do we get this car fixed here, or you know, tow it all the way back to California?" But we prayed and prayed, and then suddenly uh, we were able to connect with people here in California. That they help us tow the truck all the way home for 1800 you know so instead of 4000 it's 1800 plus you know uh, insurance will probably cover 100 miles and i think that's it's even better peace of mind instead of leaving the car in utah we're able to get the car all the way home on friday night and then who knows what's the next chapter here but we're praying you guys that you'll help us recover. I mean, once in a while, we, we feel the shock. I mean, yeah. I'll probably like sitting in the corner and like, is it real or just a dream or whatever? <laughs> but, but with your presence, guys, Pastor Adon and all the people that supported us, I mean, that's, that's a big thing for us. I mean, I know God still has more for us in 2024. I believe that. And, and... <laughs> I just want to share this, guys, because I know it might sound not too good, you know, a tragedy, but we, I would say we consider this a miracle, you know? Yes. It's a miracle that we are alive, we survived, I know. That, uh, I was just thinking, why God, why God, why? Three days after New Year's, this happened to us. I think God has a message for us, and, and I think it's up to us to grasp it. What is that message? Number three, three days. I mean, God resurrected after three days. Oh my gosh. I know, number three. I, know, I like that number three. I think it's the most uh, symbolic number in the Bible. You know, Trinity, God, Trinity. God, I mean, gave us this message three days after New Year. And I'm trying to grasp this. Number three means in the Bible is... In the Hebrew language, shalos means completeness, wholeness, new life, harmony. When I ask the sheriff, what town are we in, the crash site, the crash site, where it happened in Utah? And he said, the name of the town is New Harmony, Utah. And I said, I had goosebumps after I learned that. I, said, I don't know if it's coincidence, but this 
brought us positive way of thinking instead of negative. I think God has more for us this new year. If you experience these things in your life this year, I encourage you guys, God has a message for you that God will always be there to comfort you. I'm just, I'm just like remembering other experiences from you guys that happened to you, uh, some of our members of the church. Lastras lost their house a couple of years ago and then God comforted them and God was with them. And then some of you guys lost your loved ones and God comforted you. So I think God is he's alive. He's, he's willing to, to comfort us in water. Tragedy is going to come this year for us, 2024. So God bless. Amen. If you'll stay. I felt the Lord say that there's a John 10, 10. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. He failed. But Jesus said, I came to give you life abundantly. And I feel like the Lord is saying to you, as a cord of three is not easily broken. And as the two of you continue to intertwine your life around the centrality of Christ, you're going to experience an increase in abundance like you've never known before. There's going to be even greater revelation as you discern three and new harmony and all that the Holy Spirit spoke to you and the Lord says there's more. There's more revelation to come. There's more abundant life to come. And it's not in the possessions but his presence and the revelation that he's going to release upon you. So, Father, we thank you for your hand of protection over the entire Gapuzin family. We thank you, Lord, that in that moment, of surrender you said nope not yet because my power and my presence and my purpose remain for you and Lord we thank you for your miracle working power that prevented the car from rolling down a hill from going into oncoming traffic for preserving their life and even giving them your word to them in this middle of this tragedy no this valley is filled with the grains of blessing so we bless the Gapuzans with more in Jesus name amen thank you Come on, somebody say there's more. How many want more? I don't know about you, but I want more. I want more of his presence, more of his power, more of his purposes. And Psalms 24 begins to outline what is one of the purposes of God. It's found in verse 6. That he would have people who seek him and worship him. God's main purpose is for relationship with you. It's why he created humanity to begin with. He made man and woman in his likeness, in his image, so he could have relationship. And when that relationship was broken by sin, he sent his son Jesus Christ to restore relationship with all who would believe. The purpose of God is relationship. And I'm here to tell you today that part of the more that God wants for you this year is more of a relationship with him than you've ever known before. He wants you to know him more intimately than you've ever known him before. He wants you to experience him in a new way. He wants you to tangibly be able to, con to, be able to know and confirm and, oh God, I sense you with me. God, may we have a greater awareness of your presence. Make us more sensitive. To pay attention, Lord, wherever we are. To be intentional in our pursuit of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's a very important connection in Psalms 24. So there is the power of God on display in the beginning. He owns it all. He's in charge of it all. He put it all together. And then he says, so who really could come into my presence? I'm in charge of it all. I'm all powerful. So who really can come into my presence? 
To be honest, none of us, but Jesus Christ, who gives us clean hands and a pure heart. See, it's through faith in Christ that we can come into his presence so that he would have a people who would seek him, who would worship him. That's our purpose. Do you know that every other purpose you have in life will flow from your worship and seeking of his presence? Whatever you're called to, in the medical field, education, marketplace, business, family, finances, I'm here to tell you the answer is in spending more time in the presence of God. He will give you answers you couldn't get on your own. He will give you insight into problems at work that you never could have figured out on your own. He'll bring peace into relationships that you could never get on your own. But there is a direct correlation between the people who seek him, who worship him. Then in verse 7, you can stand in a place of rightness with God. You can stand in a place of the presence of power of God. And then you can declare, open up you ancient gates. Swing wide your heavenly doors. Let the king of glory enter. I don't know about you, but on earth as it is in heaven, I want to see the kingdom of God manifested in my life on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the Old Testament way of saying that. Open up your doors. All you hindrances, be moved in Jesus' name. All you obstacles against the presence of God and his provision in my life, you must be moved in Jesus' name. Open up your ancient doors. Oh, devil, you think you can shut the door? Well, God opens doors that no man can shut. And so I come into agreement with the purpose of God and I declare his power and I release his presence and I say, sickness, you gotta go because there's none in heaven disease and illness you cannot stay because it's not in heaven you partner with the presence of God releasing his power to declare his purpose on earth as it is in heaven let the king of glory come in it's about his kingdom seek first his kingdom his rule his power his dominion his way his culture and live righteously then he will give all that you need. We like the all that you need, but we fail at seeking him first and living righteously. You want all? Seek him. You want all? Obey him. You want the power of God in your life? Seek him. Know him. Because here you can stand in the presence of your problem and you've partnered with God and you've sought his presence and there is an open heaven and you can say, King of glory, come in. Who is the king of glory? He's strong and mighty in battle. Who is the king of glory? He is the Lord Almighty. Read what it says. I'm quoting it, but that's what it says. Open up your gates. What's impossible for my God? Nothing. Open up your doors. We sang it earlier. Paradise. Doors flung open. We're singing it. Do you believe it? He is the Lord strong and mighty. Oh, I love this. He is the Lord, what? Invincible, not invisible. God, where are you? God, where are you? He's not invisible, he's invincible. Maybe the problem is you're not seeking him on the good times, you're only trying to seek him in crises. He's not a God only of crises. He's a God of every day. Oh, that we would mature in our walk with God to pursue him on the good days and not just the bad days. 
to praise him when things are going horribly, but also praise him when they're going real, real good. We need to grow up. Tell your neighbor, it's time to grow up more. You know what else we need more of? Maturity. <laughs> we need more maturity. Hello? You know what we need more of in 24? Maturity. I'm not talking about gray hairs and wrinkles. I'm talking about maturity in my walk with the Lord. Maturity in my knowledge. The King of glory. I want to take us to 1 Chronicles 28. This is a word that God gave us in the previous season that continues to carry forth in the new year. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 8 through 10. <clears throat> So now, with God as our witness, and in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly heights worship center, I give you this charge. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God so that what? So that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. We talked about how half our church are kids. That's a good thing. Robert said the next great revival will be with our kids, and that's very much what the prophets say as well. Amen. I don't want to just leave them a building or a branding. I want to leave them believing for more and walking in greater manifestations of the presence and power of God than you and I have ever yet achieved. Amen. So how do you and I do that? You and I must be careful to obey God now. Parents, are you living your faith authentically in front of your kids, or is it a Sunday morning thing? Because your kids will tell the difference. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that one of the reasons why the five of us in my family grew up to serve the Lord is because mom and dad lived it authentically at home. They were the same beards at home as they were at church. And they had a reputation. They were the same. Not perfect, but authentic. Parents, you got to live your faith. If your kids don't see you reading your Bible, don't expect them to read your Bible, their Bible. Oh, kids, make sure you do your devotions. Have they ever seen you open your Bible outside of church? It's a question you need to ask yourself as parents. You have a responsibility to model faith and walking with the Lord in front of your kids. Do you only pray in front of meals or do they actually see you praying about problems and talking about it together? And what is the Lord saying? You need to live your faith in front of your kids. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The times you struggle and the times that you're succeeding your kids already see it. They see the, they see the struggle. They, they know when things are not right. They have a sense about it. What if you were just honest with them and said, yeah, mom and dad are having a hard time because of this, but we're trusting God because the Bible says this. Live in front of your kids. It says in nine, and Solomon, my son, put your name in there, and Don, my daughter, put your name in there, Okay. Learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. More intimacy with God this year. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. Worship and serve him. Where are you called to serve him? At work. Do you know how you serve God at work? By having a good attitude and being a good employee. By being kind and respectful by getting to know people and treating them with integrity and kindness and respect. You wanna know how you serve God at work? Be honest, don't cheat. 
Don't talk bad about other people. It's not that complicated. Do you know how you worship and serve them at home? Well, we just talked about that. What if they saw mom serving dad with a good attitude? What if they saw dad serving mom with a good attitude? What if they saw something change and shift in the house? And then when you come to church, whether you get credit for it or not, God sees. Whether you think it's big or small, it all counts and it's all important. In the kingdom of God, there is no big or small. It's all equal. Worship and serve him willingly and with your whole heart. Why? Because the Lord sees every heart. He knows every plan and thought. And if you seek him, I love this. If you seek him, you will find him. In the next 21 days, if you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you reject him, if you forsake him, forget him, neglect him, he will reject you forever. Oh, I don't like that. I like the first half. Well, together. If I don't put in the time, then he will not reciprocate. It's just like your regular human friendships and your relationships. You put in the time, you want something back. He's like, hey, I'm here. I want time with you. But if you don't spend time with me, then here I am. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you reject me before men, I will reject you before my Father in heaven. Why? Because he is a God of relationship. So take this seriously, verse 10. Take this seriously. Come on, say that with me. Take this seriously. This word for 2024 is a serious challenge. I am challenging you, and I am inviting you into knowing God more, more of his presence, his power, and his purpose. Take it seriously. That means make a plan. Know what you're going to do in these 21 days, and then do it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Set an alarm clock. Right? What do you need to do? Take it seriously the next 21 days. Make a plan. Stick to the plan. When you miss the plan, ask for forgiveness and start the plan again. Don't be like, oh, I did great, and then day three, I fail. Oh, well, I'm just going to quit for the rest of the time. I already messed up. Who cares? I'm done. Nah. Say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry I messed up. I'm going to try again from this moment on. I had the burger. Shouldn't have had the burger. Forgive me, Lord. Whatever it might be, start over. Take it seriously. Why? The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. What does that mean? It's not the four walls of this church. The temple is the presence of God. We want to be a people that he doesn't just visit but inhabits. I don't know about you, but I want God to inhabit the place where I live. I don't want him just to be a visitor. I don't want a visitation of the Holy Spirit. I want an inhabitation of his presence. And at Heights Worship Center, we don't want an occasional visitation of the Holy Spirit. We want him to live in this place. We want him to inhabit this place. We want us to be carriers of the presence of God. Well, you can't carry something you don't spend time with. You ever hug Pastor Jaron? You carry his anointing with you. You smell his cologne everywhere you go. Like Sunday night, you're like, Pastor? Do you know the Bible says that we are the fragrance of God? And do you know how people smell the fragrance of God on you? You got to get close enough to get his smell on you. 
so that people go, hmm, you smell nice. Yeah, that's the love of Jesus. Be strong and do the work. Again, take it seriously. Have a plan and do it. Be intentional. Times of prayer and fasting lead to transformation. They lead to a a spiritual detoxing. It helps us to focus on God more. It opens the way for his presence, his power to manifest in us. It fine-tunes our receptivity to his voice, and it prepares us for what he has planned for 2024. Last year, we talked about being all in, the passionate pursuit of the presence of God marked by his power working in his people. Well, we're just carrying on with that. We're asking for more. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. John chapter 14, verse 12. We're we're probably going to run a little late today, so just tell your stomach, shh, (laughs) because there's something Holy Spirit wants to do, and we're going to let him do it. Amen? Okay, John 14, verse 12. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. And then Jesus talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said greater works. We're talking about the purposes of God to be a people who seek his face Right, who worship him, but we're also to be a people to declare the power and the presence of God everywhere we go. And Jesus said, you've seen me do works, you're going to do greater works. Now what works is he talking about? Signs, wonders, healings. We've, we have begun to taste and see an increase in healings in this church. We've begun to see an increase in signs and wonders. In fact, Earlier this week, the last couple of weeks, I've heard testimonies of God healing kids of autism who for the first time in their life speak. And when you talked in communion about mental health, I just thought of that. And I just want to declare, especially over the Hugo family, we're believing with you for healing of autism. We're declaring that if God could do it for other kids who have been healed of autism, he can do it for you. And we release the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed in autism. You must go. In Jesus' name. Look, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If he did it for one, he can do it. For you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You say, yeah, but Don, he's the son of God. Well, look at what it says. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Spirit. Say it. And with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I don't know. Is God with you? Hello? Do we have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had? Are we anointed with his power for his purposes? So if Jesus did it, he said greater works. That means you and I who have the power of the Holy Spirit must begin to step in faith and release the power of the presence of Jesus in our lives, in our situations, in our families. When someone says, I don't feel good, after you go, oh, I'm sorry. Say, can I lay hands on you and pray for you? My friend and I got in the habit of doing that. We leave voice messages, Jen in Peru. And I said, man, I have a headache. And she responds, in Jesus' name, I just pray that the headache goes away. And you know in that moment it goes away? Because we're, we're, we're acting in faith on the presence and the promises of God. Now go to the verse that pastor stole, and we're going to end on this. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Verse 29 through 31. I love that, pastor. The Holy Spirit. 
He read this earlier. We're reading it again. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats. They were being threatened with imprisonment if they preached the gospel of Jesus. They said, Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. This is something that we're asking for more of this year. Great boldness in preaching the word of God. In Good News Club, at CEF, but also in your workplace. Also in the relationships of the people in your life who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need great boldness to declare the word of God. Verse 30, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It ain't you. If you pray for healing and they don't get healed, it's not you. It's God's responsibility. But it is our privilege to partner in faith to release healing power. It is our privilege to partner in faith to release encouragement and comfort and strength and revelation. Stretch out your hand with healing power, God. Let miraculous signs and wonders be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 31, and after the prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not the first infilling. This is, I don't know what number infilling. It's the same people who were baptized in the Spirit in Acts 2. They're the same people who are getting baptized again by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that tell you and me? We need to be continually baptized and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you and I need Him more and more every day. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they preached the word of God with boldness. And if you read the book of Acts, it says everywhere they preached with boldness, signs and wonders followed. I am not pursuing signs and wonders. I am pursuing the power and the presence of God. Amen. Why? Because it's the signs and wonders that back up the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. We want to see the power of his presence manifested. I'm going to invite you to stand your feet because we need a refilling of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of his presence to be released in us again. The place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh wind of the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us up. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're gonna open the altar. We're gonna pray that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized, but you know you need a reboost, you need a we're gonna open the altars. I want everyone in this place to ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org.